So, <clears throat> first thing to really check is your posture. As a meditator, you can see many drawings about how to sit in meditation. One of the things, we don't slump. The first thing. Right? The body needs to be really in a good shape to sit. Otherwise, you can do lying down meditation as well. It's not like it's close to... Right? Maybe you need to sleep. So, <clears throat> chin is slightly tucked in. Most of you are doing fine, though. Don't worry about it, you know. You're doing fine. Because <coughs> you have to be uh, sort of... Back is upright, but also the shoulders are really relaxed. Shoulder blades are relaxed. <coughs> so beginning the day meditating is probably one of the greatest blessings in our life. <coughs> to really start the day conscious that we live with a mind <laughs> and it needs attention and care. Now you may not be feeling great, but that's completely okay. Feeling great, feeling not great has nothing to do with whether you should meditate or not. Because the <clears throat> the joy of this practice is that you find that as you bring attention to your present moment experience, something magical happens, is that the Dhamma, you could say, the energy of awareness and consciousness seem to be infiltrating our mind and body. Unless you have a problem, your neck should be upright, the head should be looking ahead of you rather than on the floor. That's a traditional posture that we find in books on meditation. You notice that. And it may take a little bit of effort to sustain a good posture, but that effort is actually very useful for your degree of awareness that you generate in your practice. Any little effort that is needed is really useful. Of course, if you have some kind of physical limitation because of injury or pain for one reason or another, then you can adjust. I'm not asking you to do something that increase your... Um, your physical pain. And so you can spend a little bit of time just noticing how the body is feeling, the mood, the aramana, as we say in Pali, the general atmosphere, the weather of your mind, body, I feel maybe sleepy. That's a good thing. You just look at the sleepiness. Just breathe through the experience of sleepiness. This quality of 
wakefulness, gentle awareness over the body, over the mind. <coughs> Keeping your head upright, the neck elongated. Looking ahead rather than on the floor, even if you have your eyes closed. And I really ask you, even though it's early in the morning, but it's a very nice time to actually, the mind may not seem fresh because you have, maybe you feel a bit sleepy, but it's actually a very fresh, you just rested it. And it won't take very long before the clouds disperse. So, to be curious about the practice is a very important quality. Be curious, how does it, what's happening right now? How, you don't need an answer, but questions are really helpful to wake up. How do I, how do I feel right now? You can just have a little sentence like this, simple question with no answer. Body is your answer. The body responds to questions. You know, when you ask a question, you suddenly are in touch and connected with the feeling world of your present experience. You begin to notice that staying present and awake actually takes effort not to fall into absorbing oneself into a kind of soothing calm state which many people can do you feel a bit sort of slightly cloudy, no much happening, and one can easily just absorb into a bubble of sort of peacefulness, but it's really the peacefulness of absent-mindedness. 
the peacefulness of a mind that has forgotten to wake up. So this is important to notice. When the mind lacks mindfulness, then you fall in with the mind, what we call sink. I think it was Um, teacher, Goinka, use the word sinking in this tradition. The mind sink and just fall into a kind of peaceful, torporous, calm experience, which makes you feel maybe you are in the right place. But I'm not saying you are, are in the wrong place, but double check whether you're still aware of the experience of now, of here and now. We're not doing absorption practice, we're not doing jhana practice right now, we're not doing, we're doing wakefulness practice, and of course that takes effort to see the mind drifting into a thought, drifting into a mood, Drifting into a body which may be tired. You know, the body may be tired. And sometimes we can drift into a negative kind of reaction to that. Don't feel good. Stay aware of your body if you have a tendency to fall asleep. Body is a good friend. In some tradition, to, to develop mindfulness, awareness, they just keep their eyes open and look at the wall. It's pretty good. It really keeps you awake. As you develop the quality of awareness, you're actually developing the most powerful thing in your life. You might not have realized that. It's called a refuge, a refuge. Refuge on wakefulness. It's a refuge in the first refuge, the Buddha refuge. 
Buddha means awake. So when you pay respect to the three refuges in the morning chanting, you're really acknowledging and recognizing this quality of being awake, aware, conscious, and wise to it. The refuge. It's not a refuge in a physical sense, it's a refuge that enables you to have a container, make your mind, transform your mind into a container of wisdom, a container of seeing clearly, a container of compassion, a container of Dhamma. So the three refuges are, they called refuge because they do are, they have a, a quality of protection from the world of ignorance, delusion, not knowing, ignorance in Pali, doesn't have a moral connotation of being stupid and lacking in knowledge, like writing a PhD or passing exam and being very successful at your university examinations. You can be extremely literate and extremely erudite, but you still maybe don't have what, what we refer to as knowledge of Dhamma, And so, you don't know maybe what, what is avidya. A means without, vidya is knowledge, and knowledge refers to knowing Dhamma. So one of the most powerful protection from the pain of our human world is uh, those first refuge, the Buddha refuge. To be awake, keeping your back upright. Keeping your head upright, not slumping. And feel this quality of knowing from the, you know, this Buddha awake quality, the knowing that comes from awareness and mindfulness. Mindfulness doesn't work just on its own, it has its friends like energy and effort. 
and the third friend is focus or concentration but it's a concentration that's not absorbed into an object it's a concentration that's just focus enough to remind you you focus in the on the present moment in fact mindfulness is a present moment as far as i'm concerned as soon as you're mindful you notice your mind is immediately back to the here and now and if you're in the present you're likely to be aware not necessarily So we are learning a skill, it's a particular skill which is quite unique. <coughs> the skill of exploring our present moment experience. Of course if there is no interest or energy or attentiveness and you might not actually experience a result of your practice the vipassana practice is an work of investigation sometimes I like to call it exploration because it's something, I don't know, I like this word you explore the present moment experience but it's not just an exploration, it's also strengthening, a deepening an aspect of confidence, of knowing that this precept, this um, refuge is a very powerful force in our life when you suddenly have a refuge in mindfulness and you know how important the precepts are in our worldly life not acting on anger not being distracted and restless constantly as soon as you see restlessness or as soon as you see distraction or anger you have two ways either you can act on it or you can restrain yourself and the more you know the results of acting on those unskillful states of mind the more you become confident that it is possible to let go of those whether it's emotions or thoughts or stories you become confident that you can actually have them in your world without trembling or shaking with you can actually hold them there with you under the lamp of awareness under the light of mindfulness So check how you're feeling, what are you thinking right now, 
and find out what makes your mind move. What makes your mind react to the experience of now? Whether it's a sound, whether it's a sensations, whether it's a mental construct, notice how we get carried away by what goes on inside us, by the senses. And the senses, they include pain in the body, that includes sound, it includes mental objects, such can be a, a mood, reacting to a mood, reacting to a memory, so like the mind moves with those things, instead of being still and observant, the mind is disturbed. So the refuge in awareness is the ability of being still with the disturbed mind, being still with the angry mind, being still with the happy mind. The stillness of mindfulness is very apparent when you listen inwardly. There's seeing, there's the object, and this quality of seeing is very still. Nobody has ever found anybody aware Nobody has ever found a me seeing. That's why we we use it, a verb rather than I seeing. It's like seeing. There's knowing. There's being aware, mindful. And this, it is, as many of you, I'm sure, have experienced and know already it is probably one of the most protective quality that we have at our disposal. It's a protective quality because it prevents you from recreating actions or karma which planting the seeds of misery again and we even do that with happiness like I was telling you the story of mopping with the mantra of metta when the mind is not aware then you are easily concentrated in your own agenda unaware of a situation in its 
wider context, wider context. <laughs>